your bulletins this morning say that we are going to be in Psalm 51, and that is incorrect. We have, we're not going to be in Psalm 51. Uh, there was a change after I put that in the bulletin this morning. Sometimes the Lord, he just changes you as a preacher. If you've ever preached, maybe you've experienced that on occasion. Maybe the Lord put something on, on a preacher's heart that was not really on the radar. This was not on the radar this morning, but Lord willing, we will be blessed by the Word of God. We will be in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You have planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning, and we thank you for your word. God, this is only one brief verse in all of the words that you have given us, but God, there is much to consider in this verse. And God, I pray that every word that comes from my mouth today will be for your glory. I pray that you take away any pride in my heart, any fear to preach this message, but God, that your Holy Spirit would just take control of my mouth and of all of our hearts today, that we would hear from you this morning. God, I pray that whatever we may have come into this room with, the worries and the stresses and the hatred and the anger and the things of the world, whatever they may be, dear Lord, we all come in here at different times and different places with different things going on. But whatever brought us here, dear Lord, we are here now. And so, God, I pray that you help us not to miss you in this time, but you help us to hear your word, that your Holy Spirit would tune our hearts and our minds into you. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This is a relatively short verse that we have looked at this morning. We in my Sunday school class, have been going through the book of Genesis, and we have made it to the story of Joseph. It is Joseph who uttered the words that we read this morning. You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. And Joseph uttered these words to his brothers. But there is much to be said about this verse. Now, for those of you in my Sunday school class, spoiler alert, we're first going to talk about the next few weeks right here this morning. But the story of Joseph is, in my opinion, one of the best stories in all of Scripture. It is a good story because it's intriguing. Because as you read the story and it unfolds, it's a, it's a lot to think about it. it it's a very good story if you've never read it. Genesis chapter 37 is where the story really begins. And on through the rest of the book of Genesis, on into the book of Exodus. It's a long story today, but I will try to shorten it for you. Joseph was a young man when we are introduced to him in the story. 17 years old, nothing but a teenager at the time. And Joseph had 11 brothers. Joseph was somewhat favored by his father. Now, his father had a couple of wives, one of which was a lady by the name of Rachel. Now, long story short, 
Joseph's father loved Rachel and worked hard to get her as his wife. And by this point in time, Rachel had passed away, but Joseph was the firstborn son of Rachel. And he was born later on in his father's life. And, and Joseph was, if we can say, the favorite of his father. Now, this is pretty clear through the text as we read leading up to this. And, and as being favored by his father, he was given this special coat. Now, perhaps it was a coat that was very colorful or long-sleeved or ornate. We don't really know exactly what the coat would have looked like, but it was special nonetheless. His brothers were very jealous of Joseph. And Joseph, in the beginning of the story, has a really crazy dream that he and his brothers are out working the fields and they have their sheaves of grain that they have gathered up and Joseph's sheaf is standing there and all of his brother's sheaves of grain bow down before him. And his brothers are infuriated at this event. Even in his dreams, Joseph is better than them and ruling over them. And this begins the hatred that Joseph's brothers have for him. Fast forward a little ways. And Joseph is going into the fields one day to check on his brothers. And as they see him coming in the distance, they are filled with rage and hatred. And they determine before he ever even makes it to them, we need to kill this boy. I've had enough of Joseph. We've had enough of Joseph. And Joseph gets closer and closer to them. And they say, well... We'll throw him in a pit. We'll kill him. Well, one of the brothers speaks up. Reuben says, whoa, 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 whoa. We, we can't. Let's just throw him in the pit. Let's not kill him. And Reuben had every intention of going back and rescuing Joseph from that pit. But at some point in time, Reuben must have left. And there Joseph was stuck in the pit with his brothers. And, and as they were there, a caravan of traders came by. And the brothers said, well, why in the world would we kill our brother when we can make a profit on him? This will solve our problems. We will sell our brother to these traders who are coming by. He will be out of our life and we'll have money in our pocket. And so they did just that. When Reuben found out about their plan sometime later that Joseph was in fact gone and had been sold into slavery, oh, he didn't know what he was going to do because he knew very well that his father was going to be upset. Now, the brothers concocted this plan that they would take Joseph's coat and they would kill an animal and they would take the blood and they'd put it on his coat and, and that would be what they would tell their father. Oh, Joseph, oh, you were sorry, Dad. I mean, we hated it, we, but this animal got him and there's nothing we can do. I can imagine that possibly that was their attitude, you know. But deep down, they had no desire to keep Joseph around and they sold him into slavery and they took his coat covered with the blood of an animal back to their father. And oh, their father mourned the loss of Joseph. But that was only the beginning of Joseph's story. Here Joseph, a young man, a teenage boy, his own family didn't want him. And they sold him into slavery. I mean, this is a horrible thing to think about. And of all the places for Joseph to end up, Joseph ended up in Egypt. Now, even though Joseph's own brothers didn't want him, even though his family was ready to discard him, 
God was with him. Now, this is important for us to remember. That there may be times in life that we may feel unwanted. There may be times in life when, when people would rather get rid of us, maybe people very close to us. But when anybody else in the world doesn't want us, we can be assured that God wants us and is with us. Now, this was a, a horrible thing that had taken place, but what is so beautiful about this story is that God is in everything that takes place. Now, you can only imagine how Joseph must have felt. I would imagine that he would have been afraid. He's going to a foreign land. He probably had lived a pretty good life as a favored son, and now he is nothing more than a slave. But the Bible tells us that Joseph ended up at a house of a man named Potiphar. And Potiphar worked for the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And everywhere that Joseph went, the Lord was with him. And even though throughout the story of Joseph, there's always somebody out to get Joseph, there's always somebody out to harm Joseph, God always is there and shows favor to Joseph in some way. Now, when Joseph arrived at Potiphar's house, Potiphar was impressed by Joseph because, of course, the Lord was with him. And so whatever Joseph did was typically successful, as we see throughout the story. And so quickly, Potiphar put Joseph in control of everything. Now, Joseph was a slave nonetheless. He wasn't at home with his family, but in reality, he was in as good a place as he could be. He was, by all accounts, the second in command for Potiphar. And things were going well. Joseph's life started good, but then it got bad as he was sold into slavery and his family got rid of him. But then things began to look up. Even though he was in a bad place, God was right there with him and had even granted him favor and had put him around Potiphar, who seemed to like Joseph. But there was also someone else in Potiphar's house that liked Joseph as well. And that was the wife of Potiphar. Now, Joseph was a young man, probably a strong and attractive young man, and Joseph caught Potiphar's wife's eye and she desired Joseph, but Joseph did not give in to her pursuit. Well, this angered Potiphar's wife. She didn't get what she wanted. And so one day she found an occasion in which she could falsely accuse Joseph. And when Potiphar came home, she said, This, this Hebrew slave that you have brought into our house, he, he tried to make me look like a fool. He tried to do things that shouldn't be done. Well, naturally, Potiphar, hearing the words from his wife, was... Irate. And he said, Get rid of Joseph. Joseph, you are out of here. Now, Joseph hasn't done anything wrong, at least up to this point of the story that we have seen. Potiphar is angry with Joseph, and Joseph is sent to prison. Just when things probably were beginning to look up for Joseph, he finds favor with Potiphar. He has a position of power and authority, and now he finds himself in prison. For something he didn't even do. But would you believe that once again, in the place that Joseph was, in the midst of a prison, that God was with Joseph, and Joseph found favor with the warden of the prison. And lo and behold, this Hebrew slave, hated by his family, but in the presence of God, 
was favored and found favor in the warden's sight. And there in the prison, Joseph finds another position of authority and power. And if we could say it, Joseph once again is second in command. And this roller coaster is up and down and up and down and up and down. And perhaps as you hear this story of Joseph unfold, perhaps you say, well, my life is not so different. My life has been filled with difficulties, great difficulties, things that are, that are hard to imagine, that are hard to speak of. Times when I feel like I am in the pit of despair. And even in the pit of despair, I think it can't get any worse. But yet in the case of Joseph, he went from the pit to being the slave. And perhaps in our lives, our stories are not so different from that of Joseph. But hopefully we see the presence of God in our life. Hopefully we are seeking God and we are righteous men and women that even on our darkest days that we must remember that no matter where life takes us, even if it's not of our doing, that God will be with us. And the story of Joseph is a beautiful reminder of that time and time again. And while Joseph is in prison, he encounters a couple of the king's servants and is able to interpret a dream for them. Now this may seem like kind of a random piece of information that is not of any importance until the time comes sometimes later that the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt himself, has some dreams, and he doesn't know what those dreams mean. However, there was one of his servants who were in prison with Joseph, and Joseph was accurately able to interpret those dreams, and Pharaoh says, well, I want to see this guy. Bring him to me. It wasn't that long ago that Joseph was in a pit sold by his brothers. And now can you believe it? Of all places that Joseph would be, he is standing in the presence of the king of Egypt. And the king of Egypt had some gnarly dreams and he tells Joseph these dreams and Joseph says, well, here's what's going to happen, Pharaoh. There's soon going to be a famine in this land, but we're going to have some good years. So what we need to do is we need to take the good years of the crop that's being produced and we need to prepare for the famine that is coming. Well, Pharaoh was impressed by Joseph. And you guessed it. Joseph was second in command in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said, you're in control of everything. Do whatever you need to do. And even though Joseph's story... Seems like a bad story, and in many ways it is a very horrible life that Joseph lived. It's on an upward trajectory. The downs are pretty low, but the ups are always a little higher. And Joseph's position is always increasing. Now, quite some time had passed between the time that Joseph's brother sold him into slavery and the time that he entered into, into <laughs> Pharaoh's court. He was certainly a grown man at this point in time. I wonder if he ever thought about his brothers or his family. I suspect probably he did. And sure enough, just as Pharaoh had dreamed and Joseph had interpreted, it wasn't long that the famine struck the land. But Egypt was okay because God, through Joseph, had helped Egypt to prepare for the famine. But all the surrounding areas were really suffering from the effects of the famine. 
They didn't know the dream. They didn't know the interpretation. They didn't have a Joseph to warn them. After all, the people in the adjoining land had sold their Joseph into slavery. And so it was for Joseph's family. The famine came and there was no food available, except, of course, in the land of Egypt. So Joseph's father sends some of his brothers down to Egypt. And would you believe of all the things that have taken place, of all the years that have passed, Joseph's brothers appear before Joseph. What a phenomenal story. What a phenomenal circle that has been completed here. Now, the time had passed and Joseph's brothers didn't recognize Joseph, but Joseph did recognize his brothers. And Joseph could have probably done anything that he wanted to his brothers. By this point, Joseph probably had the power that he could have put them to death should he have chosen to. Perhaps that's what you and I would have done, at least been tempted to do such a thing. But of all the things that had taken place, God had allowed everything to happen in its time to accomplish his will. And even though Joseph had all the power and could have made his brothers pay for their sin, he didn't do so because he saw that in the midst of all the bad that he had experienced, God was behind the scenes working it for his good and for the good of his family. And that is what brings us to Genesis chapter 50, verse 2. And what beautiful words that Joseph utters here. You planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result. What a beautiful way to say God can use evil or what appears to be evil to us to bring good. What is the present result? Look, his brothers chose evil, but God took that evil. He allowed that evil to occur to produce the current result. What is the current and present result? The survival of many people. Now think about this for a moment. Had Joseph's brothers not have sold Joseph into slavery, he would not have gone to Potiphar's house. He would not have gone to prison. He would not have encountered Pharaoh's servants. He would not have stood before Pharaoh. And those dreams would have gone uninterpreted. Egypt would have been unprepared. And the famine would have likely had devastating effects for both Egypt and the rest of the land. But due to the evil act of the brothers of Joseph, that God would even allow such an evil act to happen here, God has placed Joseph in just the right place at just the right time to save his family. Surely Joseph's family would have been in bad shape had the famine hit. Perhaps they all would have died. But that was not part of God's plan. For you see, God had a better plan for the family of Joseph, for the family of Israel. And at this point, Israel was just a small group of people. But it wouldn't be long that the family of Joseph would make their way down to Egypt. They would be spared through the famine. And very many people survived 
because of what God had allowed to take place. It is this that has brought the people of Israel into the land of Egypt when we get into the book of Exodus. It is God blessing the people of Egypt which lead the people of Egypt, excuse me, of Israel to be enslaved. And even that bad event is much like that of Joseph. That through the bads, through the evil, through the things people do to us, through the things we experience, God is always there. And we need to remember that today. Because if you're not in a hard time in your life today, I can rest assure you that it's coming. Hard times are always just around the corner. And perhaps we look at the story of Joseph and we can relate to that story. The hard times that we have been in, the hard times that we are in. But what we need to remember is that God was with Joseph even when it appeared that he wasn't, even when there were evil people all around Joseph wanting to do evil to Joseph, God was always there with him. God always granted Joseph favor wherever he went. It didn't eliminate Joseph from having to go through bad experiences. Joseph did have to go through lots of bad experiences for a long period of his life. But at the end of it all, God used those bad experiences to bring about good and to spare Joseph's family and God's very people. So perhaps God wants to do the same for you today. It's easy for us to be depressed and think, man, my life is so bad. How can God use me? How can God get me through this? How can good come? Yet everything that has occurred in your life has brought you to the place you are now. And it's not to say that it hasn't been full of bumps. And it's not to say that life won't be difficult here on out. But I can assure you that if you will seek the Lord, He will be there to deliver you. Just as He did with Joseph. And this evil act, this apparent evil act of the brothers of Joseph brought about good in the Lord's plan for the survival of many. Which sounds kind of similar to another plan that God had for His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who was beaten and mocked and nailed to a cross. And oh, what evil things the people did to Him. But even that evil was allowed by God for the good, for the survival of many. Because it's through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that you and I can have hope today. You see, apart from Jesus Christ, we are like the brothers of Joseph. We are, in essence, due to the sin in our life, in a spiritual famine of sorts. And we will certainly die if we aren't sustained. But it's through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ that the survival of many come about. For those who would seek Jesus and put their faith in Jesus, we will be restored. We will be saved from the consequences of sin. To hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and to reject it would be like walking through a desert dying of thirst and passing by a well with a bucket right there for you to draw all the water you could drink. Perhaps there are some in this room today and you are in the desert, in the dry, in the famine, spiritually speaking. Perhaps you have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Perhaps you have passed near the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
and hearing the words of Jesus Christ and feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And in all of that, you have passed right by the only source of water that can sustain you, that can bring you life, that can deliver you, that can give you the survival that you need and the forgiveness of sins that we all desire. And that only comes through Jesus Christ. In the case of Joseph, he was a man who had a tough life. He was a man who had ups. He was a man who had downs. But through it all, God was with him. And God is the master of taking things that appear to be evil to us and using them for a greater good than we could ever imagine. I suspect Joseph had no clue what God was doing in his life. Had no clue what was going on. I suspect that many, the day that Jesus was nailed to a cross and placed in the tomb, they probably thought, how in the world could God allow this to happen? I really believe that Jesus was the one. I believe the words he said, and, and now he's gone. Now the enemy has won. Now he's dead. Where is our hope now? But the hope was not just in the death of Jesus Christ, but the hope comes through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. And even such an evil act, God used to bring about good. Now we look at this story of Joseph, and we may relate to Joseph as well we should, but perhaps if we look a little closer at the story, we see the evil brothers of Joseph, and even in the chapters before this, spoiler alert if you've never read Genesis, there are a lot of evil people time and time again. And we may not like to acknowledge or admit it, but we are the evil people. We are the sinners. We are the ones who do wrong. We are the ones who need to be saved. And all that Joseph's brothers did, they were evil. They weren't deserving of, of, of being spared. But yet God was gracious and God provided a way for them that through his plans and through the one that they rejected, they were saved. And so it is for Jesus Christ. Through the plan of God, the one that was rejected by many is the one who can save us. Perhaps today we need to acknowledge that we are the evil ones, that we sin against God. We need to repent of those sins and put our faith in Jesus Christ. Perhaps today you are the Joseph. You are in the tough time in life and you need to be reminded that God is with you. Even if tomorrow is tough and the next day is tough and the next 20 years are tough, God is with you and you never know how God's going to work in your life. And he might use you to do great things for his kingdom that you never dreamed. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your good words. And God, I pray that you just remind us and help us to remember. God, that even in the midst of the evil we see around us in the world, God, we may say, why do you let it happen? God, why don't you make my life better now? God, why don't you fix this? Why don't you fix that? God, we probably ask those questions, every one of us at some point in time. But dear Lord, we probably won't get the answer as to why you do things. So we must just have faith, dear Lord, that the things you do are the right things. 
that the evil you allow is for the good that you wish to occur. God, we, in our feeble human minds, we just, we cannot for the life of us see any way that evil turns good, except, dear Lord, in hindsight, when we look back at our life and the things that we go through and we say, you know what, God, you are with us. You are with us. So, God, I pray that if there's one today that perhaps is in the pit, so to speak, as Joseph was, that you give them strength, dear Lord. Maybe they feel alone and rejected. But, God, I pray that they know that they are not alone, but you are with them. God, even if tomorrow was not better than today, you are with them. God, and ultimately for those who are yours that seek you and trust you, God, you will grant us favor in the right places with the right people at the right times to accomplish your will. God, I pray that if there is one in this room today that does not know Jesus Christ, that perhaps they would. Dear Lord, it's because of our evil and our sin that you even sent Jesus to die on the cross in the first place, God. But God, we thank you for Jesus for willingly giving his life on a cross so that through his death and resurrection, dear Lord, it would bring about the survival of many. Just as you used Joseph, dear Lord, I pray that you would use us, that on the bad days we would seek you, on the good days we would hear from you, dear Lord, and be used by you. And may our heart be that of Jesus and be that of Joseph, dear Lord, that even when people do evil to us, God, that we just trust you to know that whatever is done to us, we don't build up a hatred or an anger. But God, we pray for those who persecute us. And God, we pray that you can even do good in their life and our life. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.